Alright guys, forgive me. As I am uh, going for the best podcast in Kansas City for the Pitch Awards, you guys can go to the uh, thepitchkc.com slash bestof2019. Hit the Arts and Entertainment button. Go down to Best Local Podcast. Click Neanderthal Podcast. Boom. That's all you got to do. Nominate me, and uh, that's what we're going for. Besides all of that... I had a really good time. This is Teresa Malley. She is a social media influencer, I guess, for uh, lack of a better word. We get into that. We have some drinks. Guys, I'm drunk right now. I should not be doing this intro like that or like this. (laughs) But here I am. I got no choice. I waited till the last minute. I just had another podcast. They brought me drinks. They got me... uh, Whatever. Here we are. Here we are. Episode 55. Indiana Talk Fashion. That's what we do. Teresa Malley. You guys, please listen. Watch this whole episode. This was a fascinating episode. Truly a really, really good time. One of the better episodes we've had in a long time. Um, Not to say that any other ones were not good. This was just really fascinating and a lot of fun. Um... I don't know what else I can say. Listen to it. Listen to me. I know what's good. This episode was good. Boom, schlock, boom. Episode 55. Peace out. Welcome to the Inner Talk Podcast. We'll know topic is off limits. Now here's your host, Mind Daddy, and Void of Soul. Thank you for coming to the Inner you ready to start this bad boy? Let's do it. Three, two, one. Let's go. Here we are. We're starting. Hey. Nope. That's it. Teresa Malley. Hey. I said it right? You said it right. I'm Ryan. I'm Teresa, obviously. Yes. Thank you for being here so much. This is, yeah, no problem. This is really cool. I've been looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. And we got to do it a little bit before we originally were going to do it. Yep, can't miss Father's Day. My dad is like getting way too hyped and trying to guilt trip me like, you know, there's this really nice bow and arrow on Bass Pro and you know, I'm not going to be around much longer. I'm like, chill, you're like 65. You'll get what you get on Father's Day, but I will come visit you and we will have like fried chicken and it'll be fine. <laughs> He's expecting a bow and arrow? Oh, no, 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 no. If you want to know where I get my like social graces and my hustle from, it's from my dad. And he's just like, you know, I, I really want these things and I would like this food and I would like all these things from Bass Pro. And I'm like, no, you'll get something from Target. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That's expensive stuff. Yeah. I love Target. I do too. I have a problem where like, like every other basic bitch on the planet, I'm like, I go in for one thing, I leave with 20 things and eight of them are throw pillows. Is every bitch that goes into a Target a basic bitch? <laughs> yeah, presumably. I just Where assume the, like we're okay. all one in the same. I mean, dudes are too. I'm a basic bitch then too because I love me some Target. You get a little Starbucks. You buy a throw pillow. You get a cup that says hashtag slay the day, like a little white wine. I see uh, I see the hashtag boss, boss mom. 
Hashtag boss babe. No, you just sell makeup from your couch through like Mary Kay. I need I need you to stop. Like that is like as someone who like has their own businesses. Like I do sell Young Living more more so I can get the discount. But I have a photography business and I have done like freelance work. Like what really gets me is that these women are like I sold a bunch of tummy wraps and I am a business owner. I'm like no, you're a salesperson. Chill out. Chill with the hashtags. Yeah, you're talking like the. Like Young Living type people uh, or Sally Mae or... You know, I uh, honestly... What, what's the pink one? Mary Kay. Mary the car. Kay. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I think it's gotten worse. Like I got I, roped in. Oh, what'd you get roped into? I, I got roped in really quickly. I, I, I got out real fucking quick. Right. You can cuss on this podcast, by the way. Okay. <laughs> As I just uh, drop one. Uh, and, what is this? I think they're called Amway now, but they were, it was, it, I mean, it's, it's like the quintessential pyramid scheme. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's in Michigan. It's a big Michigan based one. It, it was Amway or Amway, Amway. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you heard of that one? A lot of people. Oh know yeah. That okay. That's like, I listened to this podcast recently about like pyramid schemes and like the lower middle class and they kept talking about Amway and I'm like, but why would you buy this stuff to begin with? It's like, they're buying the the idea of an opportunity and not the product. They don't want to sell the product. They're buying into the opportunity. It was weird. So I was working at a, a restaurant at the time and my boss, it was a, a manager. He was like a middle manager. Right. He told me, he's like, look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I make $36,000 a year. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, Dream that's big. all you make. <laughs> I yeah. see how hard you hustle, how stressful it is. I mean, the restaurant business is just, that's just a hustle and a mm-hmm. struggle that nobody needs to have their life doing. It's fine to do for a little bit, to make that your career. Oh, I feel for you. I mean, shout out to anybody that's making that a career. That is, a damn, that's a hard mm-hmm. living. Yeah, actually, my best friend at work, when she got out of college, she graduated during the recession, and she ended up being like a server at Chili's. And she actually said it was the hardest work she'd ever done, but it prepared her for working in an ad agency because she knew how to manage conflict. She knew how to manage expectations, whether it was a million-dollar campaign or their mozzarella sticks came out cold. And so it's like, (laughs) you know, I worked for briefly as a bartender in like a really rough bar in a college town, and I was like the shots girl with like the the short shorts with the jello shots. And it's like, you don't understand how much people like in the bar and restaurant industry go through just to make a buck and they don't make as much as you think they do no i've always said everybody needs to be a server or work in the restaurant industry at least once in their life even if it's just for a few weeks just to get a taste oh yeah like and the one big thing was how many people don't even like acknowledge their server as a human like even if it's like i come up to you with jello shots or something it was like they would just like take one and keep going like you were like the robot from the Jetsons coming by and like bringing one to you. They wouldn't even make eye contact. So now that I don't work in the restaurant industry anymore, I always make sure I like say hi to my server. I ask them by name. I look in their eyes. I'm like, you are a human being and you are helping me. <laughs> You're not just like a robot bringing me mozzarella sticks. Huh. Yeah, that's true. I'm thinking at it from a server perspective because I've, I've met and known some servers that don't mind being treated like that. They just want to flip tables, like get in and out. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make conversation with you. If you just want to be cool, like I'll take a water, four lemons. Mm-hmm. Here's my, here's what I want in and out type thing. Yeah. And what was interesting was when I was at a previous agency, I worked on the McDonald's of the future in St. Joe. And one of the big things about it was. You, you said that really fast. Like 
everybody should know what that oh, is. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, back up. So I don't know if like three years ago, anyone in Kansas City saw, like, well, it went viral, saw the McDonald's of the future where it was like this McDonald's in St. Joe on the North Belt that not only had endless French fries, kind of like the endless, like... I heard about an endless French fries campaign. Yes, that I worked on that. Okay, what does that mean? So... Was it a vi- when you say it went viral? Was there a video? I mean, a viral video? No, no, no. It was just the fact that they had endless French fries. Got oh, it was written about in the St. Joe News Press, and then like my second week on the job, and it just like story blew. went viral. It went viral, and it was like the actually probably the wildest experience of my life, or at least my professional career to this day. But okay, story time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm thinking about that. Yeah. So so it went viral. I'm just thinking how it's because yeah, I remember. I'm trying to remember the story. I remember hearing. Of St. Joe and Endless Fries at their McDonald's. Is that true? It is true. Yeah. Still? Still true. As far as is I know, I haven't lived there for a couple years. Is that the only McDonald's that you can get Endless Fries at? Um, no, I think there's like a couple throughout the country. It was more of a pilot to see if people liked the more um, fast, casual style dining. So instead of like walking up to a human, ordering your food, and then you went up to the counter to get it, it was more like you went to a kiosk, you ordered your food, you could get sriracha, you could get bacon, you could get all of this crazy, almost like bougie stuff on a McDonald's hamburger. Wow. And you would order it on a kiosk, and then you would go up to the front if you needed to pay. And then someone would come out in, like, this really nice, like, gingham checkered shirt and a red bow tie. And they would serve you the food at your table, and they would just keep coming by and bringing you fries. Wait, they're still doing that? You know, I'm not sure. I think that they are. Well, I want to do this. Uh, No wonder it went viral. Yeah, no joke. It was just, like, called hashtag endless fries. And so, like... The st- my involvement in it was really, really wild because this was like mid-2016. And what happened for me was basically, you ever heard the Willie Nelson song, Are You Sure You Where You Want to Be? No. Okay, basically, Willie Nelson, God bless him, my patron saint. He basically, is he alive? He is still alive. Him and Keith Richards, they're going to be alive after, after the apocalypse. Yeah, Keith Richards for sure. That's a scary looking fella. It's going to be like him and the cockroaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there was ever nuclear war. the alligators, there. right. Yeah. Um, so what happened was I like somehow ended up, my grandma was passing away at the end of March of that year. My personal life was like going like totally nuclear at this point. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this job at this startup ad agency that's located in the basement of an orthodontist office. And I'm like... And, like, when I say this was all happening at once, I'm talking, like, Monday I had a phone interview at this agency. Tuesday I had to drive to Sioux City, Iowa, as an emergency to go say goodbye to my grandma, who was in, like, her late 80s and was, like, probably she had, like, the biggest impact on my life, probably almost as much as my parents did. And then Thursday I had my in-person interview at this agency. And then Friday my grandma passed away. The next Friday was her funeral. And then that following Monday I was starting at this agency. And this agency was so small that I kind of, I think in the midst of everything, I kind of got hustled a little bit. And I found oh, out no. that um, I didn't have a desk. I was sitting on the floor and I had to bring my own computer. And I'm no like, way. this is rock bottom. Like, this is absolute rock bottom wow. at this point. I'm like, my grandma's gone. I'm looking at the dumpster fire of my life. And now I work in the basement of an orthodontist office. And then I was like, you know, like, God, what do you want from me? And I'm not even particularly religious, but I'm like looking at the sky out in the parking lot of my apartment complex, like, why are you like is this the sims and you've surrounded me with stoves and you're just trying to kill me at this point i'm like what do you want and i I went to bed like that night or the night after i woke up in the middle of the night to go pee and i saw like a notification from a buzzfeed reporter i'm like this is obviously spam it was to my work email i'm like no i'm not gonna pay attention to it and i woke up the next day and i went into work and i didn't look at my email and everyone was freaking out because they said 
it went viral, the stuff that you had posted about the endless French fries on social media, because I was the social media manager, and that's like so, primarily. Oh, this was your thing? Yes. Your thing I was viral. like, so wow. they had done some work to like, on the, like, doing some traditional PR with like the local new media, but I had done a ton of pushing on social media the first week I'd worked there, and all of a sudden it accidentally went viral. And I'm just like, okay now fucking what and i didn't know what to do so you go straight to your boss and say i demand a raise <laughs> that's what you do we'll get to that part of the story later <laughs> but so it was just this, it was really crazy and basically what we like as a nine person team we decided we're just going to ride this fame out and we kept tweeting it at like business insider so it got picked up by business insider buzzfeed people the owner of the restaurant he was interviewed on like like Fox News business. It was the craziest experience. And so we knew that the restaurant wasn't fully opening until the beginning of August. And so basically what we banded together and did on this little island was we're going to try to make it go viral again. And we did it. Oh, wow. And But basically it started to turn into Survivor <laughs> and it just like everyone started fighting and it was this whole thing. Wait, what turned into Survivor? Basically when you've got nine people and you've got a relative amount of success uh-huh. and basically people all start turning on each other. Why? I don't know. It's just I think personalities. But turning like, okay, so, so how does the turning, how does the turning on each other begin? Hmm. Is it jealousy? Because you, your shit went viral. So did well, it was it immediate jealousy or was it like holy cow this is awesome good job congratulations the new girl we just we just hired you know Michael Jordan rookie Michael Jordan You know I'd say a little bit of both I don't think we saw it as just like my thing it was our thing Okay and but it was very crazy for me is basically I was now taking this and saying okay I'm going to go build an advertising like a digital display like social media campaign i'm going to build a display media campaign paid search like you know those little ads when you search for something on google and they're like i didn't suggest that like why is this other company coming up that's also paid ads Mm -hmm. and hmm what happened was like i was teaching myself stuff the stuff on the fly mcdonald's was really interested in what i was working on and then we all just started pushing each other harder and then just tensions started to rise and it was it was stressful but we did it and I think the most important thing was we basically pulled a hat trick and did it again. That involved me calling over 150 different news outlets in the Midwest. I was even calling to like Duluth, Minnesota, like, do you care about this? Oh, no, you'll just catch it on the newswire. Cool. I'll email the press release to you after the store opens. Uh, and I don't know. We made it go viral again. Like the store is open. Everything is great. We had this like beautiful food photography from this photographer who ended up moving to L.A. And it was it was really kind of an incredible experience. But two days after this. Um, I got her. I was. I had no groceries in my house, ironically, because I'd been working on this food campaign. And I went grocery shopping. I came home, and you like. You ever notice that like your parents call you around the same time, the same way, the same day? My parents are very like particular like that. And my dad called me at a time that I didn't really think was normal. And when I was talking to him, I noticed his voice was about a half octave higher. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Finally, I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, hey, your mom's in the hospital. She's having bad headaches. And it turned out that she had had a stroke. And she was really young. She was only like 55. And I just remember just like sitting there. Mm -hmm. And like I didn't really know how to react over the next week because I'm also dealing with this big professional success of making this go viral a second time. But also now I'm dealing with this. I'm still dealing with grief from the spring, grandma, and everything else that happened. And now I'm dealing with like my mom being um, partially paralyzed. Right. And I think I just kind of had this moment of it's my turn. Like not like my turn, like in a selfish way, but I'm like, I need to take whatever weird 
french fried opportunities I've been given and take the baton from my grandma and mom and just take off running and I can do something with this and I can make my ability to make something influential on social media I can actually do good with it and I think that became my new like rallying cry at that point okay all because of some french fries French fries and like a McDonald's ton of fries are the French, best. Yeah, oh. French fries and a ton of grief will do a lot, do a lot to you. I love me some French fries. Mm. I am I've got a serious problem with McDonald's French fries. They're so freaking good. The nugs. The nugs. The nugs. That's what gets me with like the buffalo sauce. You dip it in a little buffalo and you dip it in a little. Ranch. I couldn't tell you like, last time I had a nugget. <laughs> you want to know the day I ate the most chicken nuggets in my entire life? How, how was this recent? It was a day. It was on election night, 2016, when I realized, holy shit, Trump's gonna win. Yeah. And me being an emotional eater at heart, and me working around McDonald's, I just mainlined like 30 chicken nuggets. I was Ooh. like watching MSNBC and just like dipping and shoving it in my mouth, dipping, and I was just like crying and like there's like buffalo sauce on my face. It was like the. It was like strangely pathetic, but strangely like comforting to me that I'm just like chowing down on some nuggets while she loses Florida. All buffalo sauce. All buffalo sauce. That is my main condiment. 30 of them of all buffalo? Buffalo like, and when ranch. You got I think that I'm going to mix a little barbecue. Like, you got to mix. I was just like zoned out, like just like watching MSNBC or CNN or something. Just popping them like just it's popping popcorn. Them. Just popping like it was popcorn. Well, you think it's, uh, you think you can be popping them again next election? I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I was talking it's to gonna my mom. It's going to be interesting. What? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, but I also feel like the Democrats need to stop with this whole Brady Bunch square thing and, like, pick someone or narrow it down to four or five. Why do we have 20 people? Like, I don't understand. Because there's a lot of good candidates, I guess. At least they all think they're worthy. See, that's been always my beef with, like, the whole Trump thing. Like, I... I feel like saying I have a lot of friends who are, like, conservatives or Republicans is the new, like, I have a black friend. But... (laughs) <laughs> like i have a friend saying I have friends you who have are a conservative is saying like saying you have a it's black like, friend in the 2000s yeah. whatever 19 like i have a gay friend huh. i have a black friend it's like now i have a republican friend like i have a huh. whole tr- like i have a whole shelf of token friends That's interesting. but <laughs> but what happened <laughs> was i just wanted to look at my republican friends I'm like this out of all of these people the hundreds of republican rep- state reps governors like Congress, that asshole's who you picked? Are you kidding me? You mean to tell me that you couldn't find like another John McCain or someone like we're They're stuck all, with Trump and Ted awful? Cruz? And you like, wanted Cruz? I mean, who no. wants Cruz? That creepy fuck. Cruz <laughs> is just a creepy okay. dude. Oh, okay. everything about him. Just... Same with Mike Pence. Now that's a now that's an awful. Okay. That's a funny one. That's another creepy dude. I have a beef with Mike Pence. Like, who doesn't? Okay, here's my big problem with that Get motherfucker. Get Let's put line. it this way. Is it's this whole thing about like I don't eat with a woman for lunch. I'm like, do you know how many times I go downstairs with the IT guys and grab food and it's not a big deal and I'm friends with their girlfriend and it's like no big deal because guess what? My company is 50% men and women, so that's like totally normal. But him being, but I've also been around a couple of guys that are my friends that are like, I can't eat with you. We can hang out, but we can't eat because then it would be a date. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This actually happened to me one time, which is a whole story. I went to the Apple store with one of my friends who had a girlfriend and he's, he's a whole deal. And I really need him to have like a net, like a show on Netflix. that's similar to like, if you like dog, the bounty hunter, you might also like this show about this guy. And does he look like dog? No, but he wears sweatpants everywhere. 
So, I'm not mad at that. I do like a nice pair of sweats. They're not nice sweatpants, though. They're, they're kind of sweatpants. It's like... <laughs> okay, well, you lost <laughs> so we're me walk- Anyway, it's like 100 degrees in the middle of July, and we're walking around the plaza, and I'm like, dude, I am starving. It is like 8 p.m. It's, I'm really hot. I just want something to drink. Do you just like want to pop in Jack Stack and like get an appetizer? I'm really hungry. And he like gets like really weird, and he's like, no. And I'm like, I'm really hungry. I'm like, I'm like I know that maybe you don't make a ton of money right now because like just the job he had i'm like i'm t- totally fine to pay for it but i've got to eat something he's like no my girlfriend wouldn't like that i'm like we've been walking around the plaza for three hours asshole i don't think she would like that either i want some steak nachos but it was like that line it was like my girlfriend I can hang wouldn't with- like that my that, that's, that's when you cut off, that's when you cut your girlfriend off and you say i'm i'm not i can't be with somebody that doesn't trust me enough to have lunch with, with a my female friend. friend. I was like, okay, I, I was like, this This is my friend. I texted him like every day and like he and I used to be really close and that didn't bother her or I don't know if she knew about it or something. And it was like, no, we'll walk around the plaza aimlessly. But the, the lot where you draw the line is like steak nachos, a jack stack or something. That's where you draw the line. And that's what made me really mad. It was like, why is it meals with Mike Pence and guys like that? That are like, I can't eat with women because that is seen as a date. Maybe you need to adjust how you see women or your female friendships or your female colleagues. Maybe it's you who is the problem. I would venture to guess it would be slightly different with that guy is a super conservative. uh, He claims to be a super conservative Christian fella. I would believe in his eyes, he's probably he thinks of it that way because that would probably be the way it looks if an outside perspective saw him having lunch with a female Mm -hmm. to some to if he was just a normal joe and some so say you and i have lunch at cheesecake factory on on the plaza and it's out on the balcony just we're just friends we had a podcast let's we're gonna have some cheesecake and some somebody that you kind of know or no, your your husband. Someone kind of knows your husband. Maybe works with him. Walks by and sees us. <laughs> would say, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Okay. I know it's none of my business, but I saw your wife with another guy having lunch. Okay, so so I feel th- like in any other look- normal situation, they'd probably be like, "Oh, that's cool." They'd be like, "Oh, who's your na- new gay friend?" Because most of the men I normally befriend are very flamboyantly gay guys. I'm like, "Oh, are you going to Hamburger Mary's this weekend?" That would be probably what they would think if it were me. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I'm like saying, I, I'm saying that I think that's what his per, that's what he's trying to protect is the, people's perception of what optics. it would look like. Yes. yes, I think when a lot of people, at least conservative Christian type people, that's the angle that they're coming from. It's the it's all about optics. Am I seen as a good person? It's not necessarily like, am I a good person? But it's like it's a that, Cadbury egg. With I mean, no so it's. So take so Mike Pence. It's easy we point that out because he's super famous. But like normal people who nobody knows, nobody knows who they are that do that. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. They don't want anybody. They want to. They. It's not that they're trying to make it look like they're better than. Uh, they just don't want that perceived. They just don't want yes. anything to be looked at funny. Mm-hmm. They want to. It's like a PR move for them. Kind of, and it also probably just protects themselves mm-hmm. if they're worried about worried about that shit. I don't know what's going on, but I got like two or three little gnats or fruit fries flying around, and I'm just mm-hmm. hmm. Anyways, where we're I I, I got yeah. uh, so I started a story, and then we went down a whole rabbit hole, which <laughs> I, I love to do. 
tangents are my favorite thing. Like sometimes I just go in my boss's office and we'll start talking about like, we need to work on this. And then 10 minutes later, this actually happened today. We're like looking at the Nordstrom website being like, what should I wear to this party on Saturday? She's like, ooh, an all white party. She's like, you can't show up to a white party in off white or pink. You got to wear white. Oh. She was like, she's like, I'm from Atlanta and white parties are white parties. You got to wear it like this. And then like, I was waiting for someone to walk by and just see us like scrolling through over our lunch hour. But or she's walk just by. like, my boss and I are like very much like that. And my coworkers, it's like, we'll start talking about something and like, we'll go on a tangent. ADD at its finest. No, I love it. It's like sometimes <laughs> like where my best collaboration comes out, like even with the McDonald's thing, it was just like us sitting on the floor being like, what if we tried this? What if we tried that? Like just shooting the breeze almost. Get it. If you see that thing, get him. Jesus, give, 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 get. Oh, it was cold. Close. I think, oh. My cat would be so disappointed <laughs> in me right now. He is a f- like a fly hunting <laughs> sniper. Okay. I had a question. Where yeah. did it go? Where did it go? What were we just talking? Oh, I was going to go back to my story. So we we're talking about the Amway thing. Yes. And my, my boss, my middle management Red Lobster <laughs> serving cook line manager made $36,000 a year. He's like, listen, I just need... What you do is basically there's a catalog and you can buy anything you want from there. And if you buy something, I get a piece of that. And then, you know, if I get 10 people to buy this thing, I can I get into this category. And it's just it's a pyramid type thing. Mm -hmm. And whoever hired him also gets all of his people and the people he hires. And then so he hired me. He's like, oh, look, you this is where I was big into Frisbee golf. Mm -hmm. Oh, as you see, the yeah. yeah. Uh, And I was traveling all over doing tournaments and i was like you know he's like oh here's what you can do you can take these energy drinks because that's what he would do he would bring these energy drinks into the into the restaurant and sell them to all of us to make his numbers look good because he's selling this it was like shooting fish in a barrel yeah with this guy Mm -hmm. right and so i'm like oh man let me just check your uh catalog out and so i checked the catalog i was like oh well there's a few things in here i wouldn't mind getting Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like you with the young living i was like oh i can get a discount on some stuff like, I like my lavender and my thieves, and then I'm like, then all of a sudden they're like, you need to start building your team. I'm like, I just want my house to smell nice. That's about it. Right. Like, yeah. That's all it is. For, I don't yeah, fall like, into the whole. I, the I hashtag some, boss bag mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. So he has us and a few other people that he roped in to do this fucking thing. And we go to his crummy little apartment. What a crummy. <laughs> I feel so bad for this guy. I feel so bad for him. What if she, I mean, just in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. Ah, I got. I wonder what that guy's up to. James. His name was James. James fired me. <laughs> Still like him. No hard feelings, James. Shout out to James at Red Lobster in Bay City, Michigan. You know who you are. He got me roped up in the Amway. Yeah. Uh. So, anyways, he invites a few of us that he got roped into at his apartment, and this like big salesman, like his big right. Amway guy, is doing this big pitch and like, "What do you want? What do you dream of? What kind of vehicle do you oh want?" Oh my gosh! Yeah. You want that? It's not that hard. You get five people, and if they get five people, and these people get five, it's not that hard. All they have to do is spend like twenty dollars a month on this stuff, and boom, boom, boom. They're like, yeah, it sounds kind of cool. I just really want some shorts and energy drinks for a discount but i'll hear you out and it's like eh. <laughs> all right and a couple people got real hooked into it and then he was like well we're doing this thing at this local hotel like at a conference right. thing with whole all of these people that are bought in hook line and sinker i'm like ah, all right so i guess i'll go so i go to this thing and i'm like eh, this sounds ridiculous i better and i had a couple of drinks and just was like Keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. And I go to this thing and it was like a cult. Mm-hmm. 
there's probably 150 people into this and there's all these different groups of like these little pyramids like this that guy that came to talk to James and all of us in the apartment it was like his little pyramid group and then there and they have a name and then there's this other guy with his pyramid group and they just have like these mantras and it's just it was like a cult it felt so weird yeah i actually had something really similar happen to me so after I finished grad school up in Minnesota, um, Anthony over here, who's now our tech guy right now, who is also my our husband. Producer. Yes, he's our producer. Um, he got a job at Northwest Missouri State. So I ended up having to move to Missouri. And the first job I found, I was like working. I was working at the newspaper and I didn't have friends. I had this kitten, this brand new little cat. I had no friends. And so I got talked into by someone I had met at some networking thing into going to this party of like, like-minded networking women and me being so lonely. I'm like, I deep down, I know this is a multi-level marketing <laughs> scheme, but fuck it, I'm going. <laughs> and I went and she's like, I need you to dump out your purse. I'm like, whoa, but why? I'm like, I like, actually, I was more afraid, not like of them seeing what makeup I had. I'm like, I have a stupid amount of CVS receipts in my purse. <laughs> That's what I'm embarrassed about you seeing. But it was like, they made me like dump out my purse and then go through and be like, you could take this Urban Decay lipstick that's actually better quality than Mary Kay, but they didn't say that. And you could get this Mary Kay thing and you could support your friend. You want to support your friend's dreams. And I wanted to say, oh, so finally I'm like, I've lived here. Oh, they pulled that card. I'm like, um, let's not use that term fast and loose. I have lived here six weeks. Right. Let's chill out. I haven't even got a paycheck for my job yet. But it was like this like really wild experience. I'm like, you could live all of your wildest dreams if you just sell one lipstick and you could be empowering there women. It is. That's all you and have it was to like do. I almost got sucked into it's it so because easy. it was so easy to get sucked into it. I'm like, I really could have a pink car and I could have lipstick and I could like change my life and like make friends. And like and I think like a big part of the allure for women and MLMs, like, do you ever notice that a lot of them are stay at home moms? Uh, LMN? What'd you MLM, say? like pyramid schemes. That's what it is, huh? Yeah, pyramid schemes. I'm like, I think sometimes it's about like meeting other people and getting out and like having something that's your own especially if you're a stay-at-home mom and like you know it being a mom is probably the is the hardest job in the world it's not probably it is the hardest job but being stay at home to, mom yeah 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 but they get out they get to feel like they're contributing they have a little extra money i'm like i could see the allure of it at that moment when i was at this like really lonely point of my life but i'm like i'm not emptying out my purse for you I'm like <laughs> and i'm gonna take my tiny sandwich and go I did. I actually took some sandwiches in my purse as retribution. I'm like, ha, these little <laughs> Costco pinwheels. Let ha, me ha. empty out my purse now. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I'm going to dump all this ham this ham on you. So when you went viral for McDonald's, did you get anything out of that other than like? I gained 15 pounds from French fries, but that was about it. And then I lost it. But <laughs> yeah, just because of you found out that it was endless. And so you were like, I'm going to take well, advantage it was, of this. It was kind of like if you work at an ad agency that specializes in McDonald's, do you know what you guys eat? Like, oh, you my guys only specialize out, in McDonald's? Well, no, we worked on other accounts, but like McDonald's was like, it was really important. It was one of our bigger accounts. And it was like, all of a sudden, hey, Friday morning, we brought in McGriddles. And it was like, we'd get really hyped. And at one point I'm like, I just want a vegetable. Like, <laughs> like this. Not a vegetable that's a topper and a hamburger. I'm like, I want a real vegetable. A pickle. Like a pickle, like anything. Well, a pickle doesn't really count, but I'm like, you get my point. Mm. Love me some pickles. I love a good pickle. Yeah. Anything pickled. I went to the Asian market today and I got some kimchi. Mm. It's kind of pickled, right? It's fermented. You know what my new jam is? Pickled mm. onions, which sounds Ooh, really yummy. terrible. Unless like you a get Mexican the- joint? Yeah, like the like I had them actually when I was on the Taco of the Town podcast, and it was like sprinkled on top of one of my tacos. And now I eat it on salads. I eat it on top of hamburgers. Basically, anything I can get my hands on, and I can put a pickled red onion on, I will eat it now. And I don't even really like onions that much, but it was like my gateway drug into liking onions again. 
What other pickle things do you like? Have you ventured like, oh, hey, I I don't normally like onions, but now I like pickled onions. Have you tried pickled carrots or pickled okra? Well, pickled here's the thing. My family, we've... Pickles? We actually, my family growing Cucumbers, up, we canned all yeah. of our vegetables. Oh, yeah? Like, it's, I know that sounds like the wall. Wait, you're from Iowa? I am from Iowa. I'm that from, makes sense. Of course you can. Everybody up there can stuff, Yeah, right? I'm from it's like a little town like outside a pastime. of Council Bluffs, Omaha. So it's like, I'm from a farm town. That's kind of what we do. And I've I've canned carrots, corn, tomato, stewing tomatoes. Mm. I've even like even like pork. I don't know why we did that. Which pork? was like, yeah, it was really weird. We're like, let's just can some pork. I'm like, can dad pork? works. For, it was like my dad works for a pork plant. We can get pork whenever we want. We can <laughs> just throw it in the freezer. Why are we canning this? But I never asked questions. We made our own pickles. Like we had our own garden. Like it was Ooh. very wholesome. But it was like <clears throat> I think that's where I got my appreciation for like really minimally processed foods. Like seeing like. You know, you can do it. The average person can do it. You just need a stove. You need a pressure cooker, which also sounds like a recipe for meth. But I promise you, it's like really just for stewing tomatoes. Pressure cookers. <laughs> I'm from Western Iowa. It's basically like our main exports are cows, corn, and meth. And then really? college graduates also leaving Iowa. But that's a whole other subject. Do you miss Iowa? You know, every once in a while, especially when I hear like certain songs from when I was younger, like junior high, high school or country music, I miss home. But I don't think that feeling's been as acute because my parents have actually moved to the area. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That's got to be great. right? Oh, no, it's awesome. It's like when I'm bored on a Saturday, like, eh, I'm going to go hang out with my dad today. We'll oh, go cool. walk around and get some like fried alligator boudreaux in St. Joe. Let's let's do this. So oh. it, it's nice having my parents around. But like sometimes I like miss the experience. Fried of alligator mm-hmm. in St. Joe. At yes. Boudoir, 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 Boudreaux. Boudreaux. It's like Boudreaux. downtown. Uh-huh. Boudreaux, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like a Louisiana, huh. New-, like New Orleans Cajun. It's good. I lived it's in, like my favorite place. I lived in Louisiana for a hot minute. And there was a place called uh, Bubba and Boudreaux. <laughs> Check this shit out. I don't even know if it's there anymore. I'd like to, I should probably Google it. It was called Bubba and Boudreaux Redneck and Coon Ass Restaurant. I would buy that T-shirt. Yeah. I actually have a T-shirt from um, Holiday that says. It wasn't that good. (laughs) Sugar and spice makes girls nice, but something about like bourbon or something about women. And I'm like, yes, Mm. I'm a whiskey drinking woman. Sorry. I thought about getting you some whiskey, but. I don't know if you want to do that. I was listening to Waylon Jennings at work. And between that and whiskey, I'm like, ugh. I've heard (laughs) of that I'd be looking for a fight after that. I've had, well, I've had a few whiskey episodes mm-hmm. things get a little out of hand with things get a little dice but I, have I do have some tequila over there you want to do a shot of tequila i will do a shot of tequila <gasps> but i Wait, what did i have okay. i had this uh i had some people over very recently was it tequila and wine i think it was, te- it was tequila and white wine we mixed tequila and white wine and it was really good but i bet you tequila and red wine would be pretty good eh, let's do it you want to try it let's try it i'm gonna try it too how about this? Do you want to take a quick, a quick break? We can take a quick Hit break. Hit the uh, stop streaming button there for me. Start streaming. Are we good? Are we going? Are we live? Are we going? You are live. Oh. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> so you mentioned you were on another podcast before, and that's where you meant you got your onions. Yes, I was on the Taco the Town podcast right before You got to get right Planet up on Comic-Con. that mic. Get a little closer oh. to that mic. Yeah, I was on the Talk of the Town podcast right before Planet Comic Con. Another local podcast. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, no, I like like I, I've only done two podcasts. This is number two, but I like the idea of doing local ones more because I feel like you can actually connect with the people who are listening to it more. Right, right. I've I've heard his uh, I've heard oh, I've heard his podcast a few times. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
His intro song's all right. Not as good as mine. Yeah, Dave is a good dude, though. But it, yeah, he seems like he seems like it's cool. No, he's legit. No, it was really crazy because I, I just s- wanted to state my intro song is probably the best intro song song in Kansas City. That's all I'm saying. Go on. If the pitch awarded a song, like, could you imagine if the pitch had an award though for like best song in Kansas City for a podcast or something? Like that? <laughs> That'd be about twenty people would probably vote on that thing. <laughs> they'd, they'd be like very niche, but okay. Very like, good. Down. Uh, they do have best local podcast award. Make sure you nominate Neander Talk Podcast for that award on the. Can pitch. you get right up on that mic and say that one more time for me? Be sure to vote for Neander Talk Podcast on the Best of Pitch 2019. There's my sales pitch, and I'll even put it on my Instagram story. Whoa. What? Whoa. That just gave me goosebumps. The idea of you having that beautiful plaque up there with that rhino and that cheetah. That'd be dope. Really? I it would really just, be- I honestly would think it'd be just dope just to be a nominee. I will make that happen. I will nominate you myself. Well, I think it goes by, you have to have a lot of nominations. It can't just be one. A finally, a finalist nominee, like to where you actually get voted on. Ooh, I might have to rally the troops like on Instagram and other bloggers. I know I'm like, we we might be able to make this happen. Well, that would be dope. I did not bring that up to ask for that. It just, sorry, we can switch the subject. I feel like I'm fishing. See, I'm feeling like Oprah right now. Like, and you get a nomination and you get a nomination. It is, you know, I will tell you, uh, nominations just began on Monday. This is true. Uh, so They're everyone o- out there, this is going to come out. This is a pivotal time right now for the month of June. I do need my listeners out there. Go, Casey. When is it? Thepitch.com. Uh, the, the, it? com slash best of 2019. Yeah, I think that's pretty close. Or you can find me at at Teresa Malley on Instagram, and I'll be sure to link it in my stories and in my profile. Oh, there okay. we go. Little, I'll be your hype man. So we've gone quite a little bit here, and I have even brought up anything like who you are, how we met. Oh, yeah. And like, like the reason I kind of sent you out an invite to come over on this podcast. Holy shit. I got to slow down a little bit. Feeling it. I had a warm-up beer before you got here. We got tequila and wine that we're mixing. It's delightful. <laughs> you should try it. Like, I want to try it with, like, rosé or something sparkling. It's uh, really good. It, I think you're right. Like, maybe, uh, I th- okay, I did it with these uh, these chicks that came over, and they brought, I think it was a Moscato. Yep, that sounds right. Now, doesn't that sound good, tequila and Moscato? It would be, like, light, a little bit sweet, a little <clears throat> bit bubbly. You would never taste a tequila. Yeah, we got wrecked. <laughs> I think I think I started a second. I agreed to do a, a whole nother podcast <laughs> with these two. Well, luckily you didn't like wake up in like Tijuana without your pants because that'd be a whole other story for no. this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, shit, where were we? How, how we ended up meeting? Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, your Instagram is uh, really cool. Like you've cool. got, you look at it and you are the type of person where I look and I go, I should just quit Instagram. <laughs> See, I look at other people and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm done. Every picture is so like perfect. It's bright. It's happy. It's positive. Like you look at it and you just, you can't help but not smile. Well, Like every picture is like really, really, do you do that yourself? Do you have a camera that does, like how are you doing that? I actually have my own photography business. So I am a photographer. I work with a lot of the local models here, especially the ones through Kansas City Fashion Week. And I just like 
I just like photography. A lot of those photos you see on Instagram, I shoot with my phone, I edit on my phone, and I post them. No. Mm-hmm. I do. Say that again. A lot of those photos. A lot of those photos I shoot on my iPhone and I edit on my iPhone. I do have a... That's ni- a, No way. Yeah. It's just a lot of it is knowing your lighting, making sure you're in good lighting, natural lighting. So a lot of times I will go out onto my deck to take a picture of food or something like that. Or you have to also know editing, like what you need to do to edit it to make it to look make it look the best way possible and make it look cohesive with the rest of the things you're posting on Instagram. It's you, kind of an art form. Like no, it, it absolutely is. No. You're blowing me away right now. No, like I think the crazy thing about social media. Is it that, an app? Do you use like an editing app? I do. I use Snapseed, which was made by Google, which Snapseed. lets me which lets me do like photographer level <clears throat> edits on like curves and like light values. But I also do a lot in Adobe Lightroom where I can just slap a preset on it and okay. then make sure it, it's cohesive with the rest of the photos I post. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I was just going to say it, you obviously have a nice camera. All I have is an iPhone. It's a lo- I think people underestimate the power of the iPhone camera, but I think a lot of people, when they take photos with their iPhone for Instagram, they underestimate light. So if you don't How have... How did you go- learn all this? I kind of picked it up along the way. I've always been someone... I, I downloaded Photoshop illegally in like 2005 when oh, I was in funny. high school, and I've nice. always been teaching myself. And if I don't know something, I go ask of another <coughs> photographer. And so I know how to edit light. And I think what I have found over time, what resonates with people is very light, very airy photos. And I know the best way to get them is to have natural light in them. So I don't have to, I only have to do minimal editing with them. So a lot of the photos you see of me are, wow. are often outside in my backyard or when I lived in my apartment before I bought my house. They were right outside of the building because I knew the light was consistent and I knew that it was a, like it was perfect all of the time. Mm-hmm. And then, like, whatever I needed to do, I would just edit it in Lightroom really quick, maybe throw a preset on it, which if you don't know what a preset is, basically it adjusts the different values like saturation, contrast, shadows, highlights, exposure of your photo automatically so you don't have to do it. It, it, it automates it for you. And you'll see a lot of the bloggers, like, you ever notice certain bloggers have that really West Coast feel where it's like a really bright like a really bright teal sky and they have like white shorts that seem really bright and like the the red just is this perfect dull amount of red that matches both the shorts and the sky like that kind of feel and like everything seems to match each other attention i'm a dude well i'm (laughs) not only am i female but i'm also a creative and i work in advertising so i have always picked up on that stuff it's basically because they use a preset to basically apply the same settings to every single photo hmm Mm mm-hmm there's so much that goes involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I actually want to talk about on Instagram a little more is that I think that people don't realize if you're an influencer, I hate that word, but if you're on Instagram and you have a decent following, how much work goes into curating your content? Is It's not just What's an influencer? So... What would you say number... Is there a number behind being an influencer or is it more to that or... You know, I think, I think some people have a very shallow definition of what it means to be an influencer. <clears throat> like you have X amount of followers, like especially when you hit the 10,000 mark, which is basically hitting like Olympian level on Instagram. Mm. But I think you could have a thousand, you could have 10,000 followers and gotten those followers in shady ways, whether it's following and unfollowing people or you could be buying followers from like Bangladesh or God knows where. Or you could be an influencer with like 1,000 people, but those 1,000 people care about you more. Where if you're like that 10,000 
follower person. They might only have like 15 people who care about them or something like that. It's more about how many people actually care about what you say enough that that it could affect their decision making. And I don't think you can exactly put a number on that. Yeah, How do you measure that? I think you more measure that less by how many followers you have and how much people engage with your content, not just likes, because we all know that there's been some like bot from India or Russia or something like that that likes all of your photos. But how many people comment on it? How many people are replying to you? How many people are sending your post to other people like, hey, you should check this out? How many invites are you getting invited to? How many people are you connecting with in real life? I think those are metrics that are a little bit harder to measure on Instagram, but I think that's a true measure of influence. I mean, I think I'm someone who I really struggled when I first started blogging about a year and a half ago. Um, I really struggled with like, oh, I don't have that many followers. I only have 300. I only have 1,000. I only have 2,000. Now I have about a little over 5,000. Look at you. Yeah. And I, I really always struggled. You go, girl. Woo! Killing the game. I'm killing it. Um <laughs> I really struggled with like how many followers I had compared to this blogger or that blogger or this person followed me or this person unfollowed me until I realized that like when you were paying attention to that, you know, I kind of did pay attention to that how? until I realized that like I don't even have there's apps. I, I have like no followers and I can't even pay attention there's to who's apps. unfollowed. Oh, okay, there's, there's apps. apps See, for I'm that. so that's why I don't have any followers. I'm so. I had to delete those apps shit. because I realized that paying attention to who follows you and unfollows you is like the worst kind of vanity metrics and honestly. I even heard a story this week of an influencer who got mad because someone in the other influencer community unfollowed them and basically like ripped them apart in direct messages. And I'm like, first of all, you're a grown person. How do you have time to do this? And second of all, whether or not you in- someone unfollows you isn't directly correlated to your influence. Having influences isn't about how many likes you get or what like what invites you get go to. Because I see so many influencers focusing solely on basically using their Instagram or their Twitter to social climb. But I think having true influence is about They're like, using, I, <laughs> he caught a gnat mm, for everyone. Yes, listening. But I think I like, did. I did. I caught it. You see, it's, it's on my finger. It's on. Uh, There's proof. He caught it. I see it on the tip of his finger. I, see I it. have uh, people who know me well have, will know that I've always said I have reflexes like a cat. Boom. Boom. But anyway, I think that the real, <laughs> Like the well, real. There's another one. His brother's back. I'm gonna get. <laughs> you just saw what happened to your brother. I think the Sorry. real. Well, anyway, the real measure of influence is can you affect someone's decision making? Like, okay. can you make them go to that restaurant? Can you make them want to go to this event? Can you make them feel better about themselves? Can you give them a meal that like what? Well, what I focus on personally on Instagram is not just fashion, but also. You could eat healthy, but not have to spend a ton of money. I want to, like, as I was saying earlier this week on Instagram, I want to bring a Whole Foods wellness strategy to a Dollar General type of diet or an Aldi type of diet or like whatever your budget is. I want to meet you where you're at and give you healthy solutions there and also help you find some budget-friendly fashion along the way because those are my two big passions. But I feel like when I focus on my followers more, I focus less on what's happening with the numbers. And when I focus on the numbers, it means I'm focusing on myself too much. And I think that's important. I think that's a good reflection for me. Like, I'm obsessing over how many people unfollowed me or followed me. I'm like, you need to chill out. You need to, like, like the work more than you like the success of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I, like, I <clears throat> I love Instagram. That is my primary, primary mode of communication kind of mm-hmm. for the podcast. Mostly it's kind of like how I like to get a lot of my guests. And I like, yeah, I don't, 
it's, yeah, I don't pay attention to a whole lot. I mean, obviously, I look at my overall numbers, and I'll, I'll see if I get a spike. But, I mean, I don't even have a 1,000 followers. Mm-hmm. I had, like, a spike of, like, 100 this weekend, which was crazy. So I went from, like, 8-something okay. to 9-something. I was like, whoa. Woo! I was like, what happened here? That's kind of cool. Hit, you're going to hit those four digits soon. Probably. What are you going to do when you hit 1,000 followers on Instagram? Nothing. See, I know a lot of people. Why would I do? What would I do? I don't know. Celebrate yourself. Like, hey, thanks, everybody. I made it to a thousand. Like, make a post like that. Like, sure. No. What what do I get out of that? A couple more followers? No. Like, I don't know. Like, hey, nobody cares. Nobody cares. The thing is, when I see those people with those photos of like, I hit 10,000 followers, I feel like that's that's the big moment. I feel like. But people are like, I hit 6,000 followers. I'm like, congratulations. Everybody else did too. 10,000 is the number where you kind of say boom? Yeah, and that's because Instagram gives you new features when you hit 10,000. Okay. So you start being able to like swipe up on people's stories and like you're actually able to have links in your post and there's some new features. So it's kind of like mm. you have passed the Instagram test. You you are good at this. We are going to give you the you're we're going to give you a, a bigger platform at It's this such point. a marketing game. I feel like Instagram is a game for people who are good at marketing. I feel like there's two parts of that. I feel like Instagram is a, a game or, for or people. If you're, or if you're, if you're a chick with a really nice ass and look in yoga pants. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a form of marketing. If you think about it, it's sure. like Instagram is all about marketing. Whether it's marketing, do you have a really good message? But also, no matter what your message is, you have to have your photography unlocked. Whether it's a perfect right. piece of food or you have like an ass that Nicki Minaj would want. Mm. Like you have to have something that's visually appealing. And Nikki, then you pull get them at in. me. <laughs> me and talk uh, podcast at gmail.com. You got, give me, yeah, get at me, girl. <laughs> but, but it's like you have to have that image, like that right. Nicki Minaj ass. And then you can pull them in with the, with the content. And you have to make them like you as a person. It's like you have to almost think of Instagram like a sales funnel. So when I sold newspaper ads, they talked about like you have to talk to so many people and you have to keep moving them through to keep them and retain them as a client. So you have to think of it as like you have really good photography. You have something visually that this person wants and they're going to stay for the rest of the funnel, whether it's your content, whether it's you as a person, whether it's you as a story. Well, like I like following you because I want to know who I'm listening to on the Neander Talk podcast before I actually listen to it. I love seeing the people. I love like the little blurb you have in the caption. So I'm a little bit farther down that customer journey if you want to think of Instagram in the super clinical marketing terms. Okay. So... How much time you spend messing around with Instagram a day or a week? Um, one thing I I think I underestimate is how much time I spend on social media. And I think recently I've kind of Do you changed. guys have a time limit? I did set a time limit on my phone. So what I do is every Sunday night I've been working on like what content I want to post. And no, no. no. I meant tonight for this podcast. Do you have a time limit you need to be here? Do you have somewhere no. to go soon? No. What's up? Okay. Okay, we're good. Okay, I just want to make sure. I, I, I tend to ask every guest that because I don't want to take all of your time if you have somewhere to go. I mean, you're doing <laughs> no, no. me a favor by being here. It's like, what am I going to do when I get home? Like, clean out the cat's litter box? Maybe watch, like, The Daily Show? Like, I, I don't know. Um, But with Instagram, like, I realized for my own mental health, right. I had to kind of cut myself off. So I started setting limits on my phone. And then it forced me to say, okay, on Sunday... I know that based on what groceries I've bought this week, here are the recipes I can share with my followers. 
Plus, I know here's what I have going on at work or outside of work this week. And here are some fashion and lifestyle posts that I can post throughout the week. So I have a pretty good idea on Sunday night what I need to post. So I don't need to spend as much time on Instagram because you I do feel it like all on Sunday. I plan it all on Sunday, but I know some of it won't be executed. Like, let's say, for example, I'm going to an opening of a restaurant. I know that I can't do that until Tuesday, but I mentally know, okay, on Tuesday night, I need to post this. Or I have this photo of this meal I made on Saturday, but I feel like that would do really well on Wednesday. I'm going to post it that day. So it's like I do a lot of my strategy on Sundays, so I don't have to think about it the rest of the week, to be honest. And then honestly, if you follow my Instagram stories at all, it's basically me throughout the day, and I just felt like posting this. (laughs) <laughs> like, like I picked up my dress for this or I found this meme funny. Would you consider yourself a influencer? You know, I think categorically, yes, but I hate that term because I feel like there's a lot of narcissism I mean, and self-involvement, <clears throat> like self-promotion involved with that. There like, can be that, but, but if you're, I, you know. I would consider myself an influencer solely. Oh, I wow. Did, you know, I didn't really consider myself What's one. What's that like? Really weird. Okay. So here's a story from What's a couple What's that weeks. like? Okay. Being an influencer. So when you're an influencer in a mid-sized city like Kansas City, you have this happen. Right, so hey, I was sitting first in... First of all, get up on that mic. I'm getting up on the mic. He. Second of all, what did you call Kansas City? A, a mid-sized city. Hmm. It's the biggest city I've ever lived in, for the record. All right. Okay. But... <laughs> Don't um, trash my city. I love Kansas City. <laughs> I bought a house here because I'm like, I'm making this I'm home. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I was sitting in the lobby of my gym a couple weekends ago, and these two girls were sitting maybe 10, 15 feet from me, also in the lobby, and they were scrolling through one of the girls' phones, and they're like, oh, yeah, I follow this, like, lifestyle, fashion, wellness, Instagram influencer. I'm like, oh. And I, like, oh. popped my head up, and they're like, oh, yeah, at Teresa Malley, which is first name last name for me and i looked at them and like made eye contact with the girl and she was like talking about my instagram feed and i stand up and start like walking like jar jar binks so she can see me she does not see me and i keep making eye contact with them like you were talking about me and looking at the human but she didn't like recognize who i was in person so i have that happen to me a lot like I'll you know be- what would have been so awesome if this happens that happens that happens from time to time yeah okay you know what you gotta do get your phone out and record it what just record them talking about you and you just walking up to it and then post that on the story <laughs> when they don't see you and then they watch your story and be like holy that would be so good that would be so good oh my gosh yes but it's like there was one time like i went to i got invited to some church outing at the cause which is now hillsong kansas city and i was sitting there and i don't know like, if you saw that everybody but that's number two boom the ninja of gnats but this girl was like you're Teresa Malley. i'm like Yes, that is my legal married name. Yes. And she's like, oh, I follow answer. I'm like, what do you say in response to that? And I was like, oh, thank well, you. thank you. That's what I said. I was like, oh, well, thank you. I'm happy you follow me. How's your day going? Have you had enough water? I went to mom mode and I like, tried to like get the conversation off of me because I'm still that awkward, nerdy, Star Trek loving kid in the middle of Western Iowa at heart. And I'm like, people are recognizing me in public. This is really weird to me. I think I would say thank you. What's your name so I can follow you back? Actually, a lot of the time when I have that happen, it's someone I've I already follow back and they're like, oh, I go to your gym or, oh, I met you somewhere else. And I o- either already follow them or I'm like, oh, yeah, let me follow you back. Oh, check this out. Mm-hmm. I follow you. We follow each other. Oh, you follow me back. Boom. Boom. Sherlock, boom. I, 
Ladies and gentlemen, I have an influencer following me. <laughs> Self-proclaimed See, I, influencer follows me. Okay. You heard it or out, out uh, your own mouth. She's so an I influencer. Mean, what a big deal. Ho, ho, ho. I'm an influencer. <laughs> you hear See, I, okay, I'm going to be honest. I feel like a really big asshole saying that because like even the other day I, I was asked debating. you. I set you up. Oh you, <laughs> oh, you did. I walked into that one. But I think the thing is about be, like calling yourself an influencer, especially in Kansas City. It is City, what it is. Like, is. If that's what you are, I mean, it's It's like I have a lot thing. of followers. People randomly recognize me at my gym and really? oddly at the Ward Parkway Target. That was really creepy. The girl started following me around but i actually think the weirdest time i was recognized was i was at a fashion week event and this guy walks up to me and goes you're at teresa Bally," and i was like, oh shit you got the at i got the at the and i was at. like that's my first name last name the at wasn't necessary like <laughs> i felt like that was implied with like my social media presence wow um but i love it but i think the hard part about calling yourself like self-proclaiming yourself an influencer is like it it just makes you sound like an asshole, and it also is like I'm almost too timid to call myself that, even with the amount of followers that I do have at this point. Because I think it says, like, going back to that idea of, like, I want to serve my followers more than I want to serve myself, and the moment when that becomes flip-flop, that's when either my mental health suffers, I'm spending too much money to impress people I don't like, to, you know, that whole American beauty thing, like, you know, okay. spending money to, no, it's Fight Club, sorry, I'm really embarrassed about that. You know, spending money you don't like to like spending money you don't have to impress people you don't Got like. The book over there. You do. Part two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I start falling into a trap that isn't healthy for me, so I always stay away from the influencer title until I get you know either asked to talk to young women professionals about my career in social media, or I get asked onto different podcasts in the community, or I'm asked to sit front row at Kansas City Fashion Week. And that's when I'm like, oh, I really do have influence, but I'm very hesitant to call myself an influencer because I feel like that's a title bestowed upon you, not one you give yourself. That's why I'm saying it's okay to call yourself one because you're not claiming it. It's already been bestowed on you. Yeah. It's like if you know it, I mean, if this is what people, when enough people call you that, it's like... One of my favorite old adages or whatever, if if one person says you have a big nose, that guy's an asshole. But if four or five people say you have a big nose, you got a big nose. See, one of my favorite sayings comes from Sarah Silverman, and that's always a reflection quote for me, is like, if you have one bad roommate... You know, uh-huh. you probably have a bad roommate, but if you have multiple bad, <laughs> you're roommates, the bad roommate, you're the bad roommate. Like right. that's something I always keep in mind nice. at work and professional. I'm like, if I keep having the same problem consistently over and over, the bad roommate theory, like there's something wrong with me and now that person. It's time for me to either reflect or like pay someone a copay to talk to a counselor about it. Oh my. Yeah. Ladies, do not date me. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, the bad. <laughs> see, I have a track record. Before I got married, it was like. You know, all of my ex-girlfriends call me crazy, and I'm like, I won't. And I'm like, oh, no, I get it now. I get it now. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. It's like the voice. And for that reason, I'm out. Wow, I can't believe I have an influence on here. I knew I should have been nervous to have you on here. Don't be. I'm just a schmuck in yoga pants when it comes down to it. I'm not. (laughs) I'm just giving you shit. That's what I like to do. Let me take another sip of this. Tequila. What, 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 te- okay. Tequila. We call it tequila. Why do we call it tequila? Tequila. I don't know, but that's the MIA and I think oh, Nicki Minaj song. Tequila. Hmm. There's a song where they collaborate together. It's like Who? my favorite MIA part is like, and MIA and Cardi- I was Cardi- Nicki Minaj. Okay. It's like five years old, but it's like my go-to when I like, let's say I'm running a 5K or something and it's like that last half mile. I put on some MIA and Nicki and they're going to get me hyped up. What's the furthest you've ran? You know, 
four miles, actually, I ran, you know, I was training for the Race for Little Hearts, which was held a couple weekends ago out in Independence around Arrowhead Stadium. Oh, I wish I would have known about that. And the farthest race I've ever run was the trolley run a few months ago. But then... How far is that? Four miles. Okay. So it's basically from like... River Market to Union mm, Station or something? Or? Um, Waldo to the Plaza. Okay. So like 75th and Warnell. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've only lived here like two years. Sure. To the plaza. So basically right by Jack Stack. Okay. And I was training. So I was using the trolley race as a checkpoint. But I think what happened for me was, you know, we just bought a house and we were moving in. So I didn't really have the opportunity to continue racing. But also when I was moving the house, um, one day I was carrying some stuff up the stairs and I felt Uh a pop in my knee. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling my 30s. I'm like, I don't feel 30. That moment I felt 30. But... Um, I haven't actually been able to run since then, and I'm still like in recovery. From, ACL or something? That's what they think, is I might have strained my ACL but not fully pulled it, so I need to let it recover for a few months. And then Ooh. also, luckily, ironically, I was at the doctor earlier today, and he's like, I want you to do some other quad exercises so you're, you're able to strengthen the muscles around your ACL. Okay. So you don't have – so your ACL isn't taking that much of a beating. Right. So my dream – one of my bucket list things is to be able to run a 10K – Half marathon, that's too much work. 26.2 miles. I'm like, that's basically from the airport to St. Joe. And I'm like, I don't want to run that. Well, that's a marathon. That's a marathon. And I'm like, that's not for me. But I'm like, a 10K, I feel like, is my personal sweet spot and like a goal of mine. Nice. And I was really disappointed in myself when I wasn't able to run it. But I'm like, well, sometimes. You'll get there. Yeah. It's like, the thing was like, I kind of learned a lesson. Like, I have to accept failure from this. Not even because I had messed up. I'm like, hey, life happens when you're an adult. I bought a house and had to move into it. Plus, I also had an injury because I'm 30 and trying to run this. Like, I can't help that. And, like, I'm going to do the best I can now. So, I think right now, I'm like, if you're curious, I'm workout-wise, I'm basically just focusing on, like, weightlifting and, like, HIIT training that's, like, low impact until I get my my left leg back up to speed. I'm a runner. I've I've been – I – well, I had a little couple too many drinks on the podcast one afternoon and – challenged myself to do a full marathon wait by so the you end just of like, this year like, okay. by, by november did you register for it no okay so it's but i've been training for it i ran my lear- longest uh last week i did eight miles awesome so are you, like are you on a training plan or just nah, i just run that's what i do too that's when i was training for my 10k basically, i run i, I had... run more every single time i just run more yep i just added a half mile every week or something like mm-hmm. that but it was just like I could. I got to like five, five and a half miles, and I just couldn't quite finish it out with what happened. Do you so. walk at all, or is it constant run? I run. No, I actually. Do you ever walk? Do you ever stop and walk? Um, I will stop sometimes and like make sure my legs stretch out. But I hate myself when I do that because I'm a perfectionist at heart. But I really, um, no, I try to run most of it, and I think part of that comes from I was the kid who ran cross country. Try walking. Try walking. Try running for a good try try running for like a mile and a half or two miles. And See. then and then just walk for one song. For one song. Do you listen to music? Oh, have to. <clears throat> okay. For one song, just walk. And then start okay. running again. I'm gonna have to try, try that. that because I've always then, been afraid then do, of it. Then do a mile and then walk again. You you'll go a couple extra miles. I'll have to try that because I think my hard part was I was always afraid of stopping running, especially when I lived in Quality Hill. Just because don't stop the, moving. 
was because if I stopped, I, if I stopped running, I was just like, it was like this failure mentality. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm done. I'm taking a bird back to my apartment. <laughs> but if you, it, honestly, if you really want to push yourself while running, I lived, people don't realize how much of a hill downtown is. Kansas City is it's a, a t- one giant it's fucking hill. It's a great hill. city to run. I love running in Kansas it's City. It's just like, also depends so on elevation. your route. There's so much elevation change. Yep. And people don't see it. Like, if you're driving, you don't see it. But when you're running, I'm like, why have I been running, running uphill for seven oh, and a half minutes? Hilly. So it's like, I had to strategize. I lived in Quality Hill in these brand new apartments when I was training. And I was like, strategically zigzagging past like the quaff and then past like central exchange and like <laughs> down through power and light and around the sprint center so i'm like i don't have as many elevation look at change. you you've like, only been in kansas city for a couple years and you talk like a kansas Cityan. i don't know how i've done that i, I like just, it i, I dig like it that, i appreciate it so that tells me i made a good choice in making kansas city my home you did yes so i think the thing i liked about kansas city was i love kansas city i love it it's a great city. It's like, it's got a little bit of like Austin flair and it's a big city. If you're someone like me, I came from a town of a thousand people outside of Council Bluffs, Omaha. And it's got like all of the amenities you can ever want. And it's like, it, but it also still has that small town Midwest feel. It's right. like the best of everything. And right. when everyone, anyone says like Kansas City is the next Austin, I absolutely believe them when they say that looking at like the way. Oh, it is. Like looking at the way all of the companies <clears throat> in Kansas City are growing, like mm-hmm. absolutely it is. And the way the creative community is growing, it's going, I say two, three years. Yeah. My parents were just in town for a week and we spent a lot of time down in the crossroads and they were just blown away with just. Mm-hmm. Just how just and much it's grown since they've been back here. Like mm-hmm. the whole city just keeps growing. And you, we went to a messenger cafe. Oh, it's my fave. I know. I we we went there a couple of times. It's so Instagrammable. I know that's terrible of me to say, but they also they have some of the best biscuits and gravy I've ever had, which I never thought I would say. I had this uh, toast with ham and egg and like Ooh. arugula. Maybe some kale on it and like some cheese. Oh, it was incredible. It was it was incredible. I, I yeah. So I have to ask or you guacamole toast. I'm breakfast obsessed. Like if there is one I category of food, breakfast. I love a good breakfast or a brunch, especially when you're hungover and possibly still drunk from the night before. Yeah, people say brunch. I've never done brunch around here. See, I'm never someone who's like hashtag brunch, but I'm like, if I wake up super late, I'm like, we're going to go to brunch and we're going to go somewhere off the beaten path. And I like, need to. I wake. Sunday's a we're perfect go, day. Yeah. Let's go brunch together. Let's do this. Let's I'll, make this happen. So let's do a... Uh, Teresa Malley Neanderthal brunch. Oh my gosh, let's yes. Do it. That's, that's so Instagrammable. Ha. Um, help me but beca- like, will you help me become an influencer? I will help you become oh an influencer. <laughs> 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 but, um, I'm a big breakfast person, and I think that's because my dad, like my mom cooked all the meals during the week. My dad was a full-time employee at a packing house who often picked up extra shifts to like help support our family. So on the, the weekend, right there. yeah when it when but his big thing was every saturday and sunday morning if he wasn't working saturday but always sunday morning my dad made breakfast nice and i think that's where my love of breakfast was it was because i would get up early and i would go sit downstairs with my dad we would watch like hunting shows together or something or like it was either hunting shows or pokemon because i was a nerd and my my dad just accepted me as i was but it was like breakfast food has a special place in my heart like casey's and quick breakfast pizza delicious um, I'd actually have to say the best breakfast I've ever had in Kansas City is the noshing, um, mixing bowl noshery on Southwest Boulevard. Never they heard have, of it. Um, yeah, it's down there by like Ponax. Okay. And I had the best corned beef hash of my life oh, there. Oh my God. So it's like not Instagrammable food, but it's like, 
I don't give a shit if my breakfast is Instagrammable. I want it to make me feel like I'm 11 years old and it's 7 a.m. And my oh. mom went to work at 5 and it's just me and dad for the day. And we're going to have breakfast and then we're going to work out in the yard together. It's like breakfast recreates that That's like happiness thing feeling. Ever. Yes, I, that. Yep. No, breakfast, I can't miss it every day. Like even if it's something as simple as like yogurt and granola or like hard boiled eggs or something like breakfast has a very special place in my heart. Oh, speaking of hard boiled eggs, <laughs> have you seen this thing? It's a it's a hard boiled egg maker. You just, it's like a a thing that looks like it holds eggs, obviously. Like right. Each, but you crack the egg, put it in there. What? And then you put it in your water and then boil it. Okay. And so it pops out just like a hard boiled egg, but without the shell already on it. So okay, you don't have to take the shell off. Okay, that's life changing. Because you yes, know, you, yes. know, you wouldn't know my method of making hard boiled eggs to take to work that I've been doing for like uh, five I, years. I would eat hard boiled eggs every day if it weren't for that fucking shell. So. I put two eggs, you, two eggs and a tiny pot in water and I boil it and I tell, hey, Alexa, set a timer for 14 minutes. <laughs> and then I go up and like finish my hair and makeup and I come down and my eggs are ready. I throw them in a Pyrex and then I go to work where they've cooled off a bit. And then I peel them like a psychopath <laughs> in the ca- <laughs> like the cafeteria of the office building I work in. And my boss and like my coworkers might be like, oh, Teresa and her eggs again. I'm like, hi, guys. I'm an influencer. <laughs> but yeah, are I any had- of them eating eggs? <laughs> No, no. it's just like me with my peeled eggs. And I'm like, are you on paleo? I'm like, no, I just really like breakfast. Let me have this. It's like my protein. <laughs> I just really like my protein. But Do you put salt and pepper on it? Do you take a bite, put a little salt and pepper, take another bite, put a little salt no, and pepper? No, no, I'm like a little bit of salt, maybe a hit of pepper, and then I eat it. See, I'm someone like, if I'm going to eat salt or pepper, I want lawry salt and a little bit of pepper. But I'm like, I'm all about my spices. So I'm super picky about that. But normally I could eat them straight with just like a little bit of salt on them. So I'm sitting there Will eating my- you put my... spices on there? Like mm-hmm. odd spices? Do you like spicy? Oh, I love spicy. Remind me to give you, I, remind me, I will give you some awesome Ethiopian spice to try <gasps> on your uh, on your eggs tomorrow okay. or the next day. Okay, I will do that. Um, I'm a big fan of Ethiopian food. The first time I ever tried it was, so I lived in St. Cloud, Minnesota. When this I is was, straight from Ethiopia. It's so good. What? Oh, mm-hmm. you've got my heart. So actually, I, I, I'm going to tell you about my experience with Ethiopian food because it was crazy because I lived in St. Cloud and my cousin lived in Minneapolis at the time because she was teaching in an inner city school. She was like a chemistry teacher. And she was like, come up and hang out with me. Let's go get Ethiopian food. So I'm like, okay, expecting like, you know how like Americans handle Mexican food where it's basically like Applebee's, but we have tortillas. And what happened was I was sitting on the floor and like there was music playing. There was like a live band with drums and and stuff. And like I learned so much about Ethiopian culture that I have a really deep appreciation for it. Go ahead. Don't don't, don't look at me. I'm, I'm acquiescing to you. Oh, Ethiopian food. It's like there's something about that like dry, dry heat and there's something different about it. Like we know as Americans, we know heat in terms of like Mexican food or maybe like if you're really like a little more adventurous, you're going to get that kick from Indian food. But there's something about Ethiopian food that has that special oomph to the spice and to Mm. the like umami feeling of the food. Okay. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a good friend that I work with that's from Ethiopia, mm-hmm. and he took me to this place that I don't really think it's a restaurant. But if you're Ethiopian, it's a restaurant. You know what I mean? I it's feel a mar- that. it's a market. I feel but that. But in yeah. the back, they watch soccer and drink <laughs> Corona. So my favorite Mex I I get that my favorite Mexican food place is a place in Denison, Iowa. That's technically like one part grocery store and an old Hardy like beautiful. You know the Hardee's, like the fast food place? It's in an like Ugh. an old Hardee's. 
And they like watch soccer in the back. And spicy chicken. (laughs) Hardee's is underrated. But it was like they were watching soccer in the back. And there was a bar on one side. And we just bought a dozen tamales in another. And like that's something I like sometimes kind of miss from home is like, well, the number of like Mexican and El Salvadorian immigrants to like the Dennis and Iowa and the Crawford County areas, like the food was off the hook and like, like so cheap. Like you could get a dozen tamales for like 10 bucks. Oh, nice. And it's like sometimes when I eat Mexican food, oddly enough, or like Hispanic foods, I get really nostalgic for home. Of course. Yeah, it's it makes like, sense. It's food like, does that. I mean, food does that for everybody. Oh, I yeah. started crying one time. I was in a Mexican restaurant. I ordered tamales and like Garth Brooks started playing. I'm like, I'm home. I'm like, because Western Brooks, Iowa. Boy. Oh, man. Western Iowa is like one Ooh. part like, you know, hard scrabble, salt of the earth, farmer type people. And then you have so many immigrants there that it's this like really interesting mix and division of culture. Like I grew up in Steve King's district, to be honest. And it's like sometimes like there's almost this nostalgia for it, like that emptiness of the cornfields and like the food you have and like Friday night lights of a football field that when you were asking me if I ever like miss home earlier. Yeah, sometimes I do. It's like this emotion. Oh, Iowa. I, feel. I mean, everybody misses home. I just mean Iowa. Oh, no. Sometimes I do. Is gen- home now? Is home here now that your parents home are is- here or is home always going to be Iowa? I feel for me right now it's kind of an abstract concept because like home for me where like most of my formative experiences were were in Western Iowa. Like I'm from the 712. I grew up in Harrison County. 712. Yeah, it's like we're <clears throat> 712. Or like not we, a single one of my listeners understand what the 712. <laughs> so is. basically, the Continue. Western corridor of Iowa from <laughs> Council Bluffs to the South Dakota border. <laughs> I lived in South Dakota for a hot minute. Why? My sister, my sister lives in South Dakota. Actually, I if I would go back to South Dakota in a heartbeat. My sister loves Sioux Falls. Oh, gross! Really? Mm, gross. It's so pretty. Go to the go and Sioux Falls is pretty. You know the way my sister Ugh. presents it, and my tell her to go to the Black Sioux Hills. Falls. Go to oh, Rapid City. Yep, I've been there. That's where I was at. I remember yeah. one of my first vacations. So my dad is like a huge Wild West buff. And so everyone like Western, like movies, Western. Oh yeah. Like he collects like Gene Autry stuff and like the Lone Ranger. He collects that stuff. So it's like, he can never give me shit about being like a cosplayer. And my mom is like a a Clint Eastwood fan myself. Yeah. He's, he is all about his Western. So we'd always go on like kind of Western themed vacations. And we went to like Rapid City and the Black Hills and Colorado. Deadwood. So yeah, I don't know. South Dakota does kind of, does have a soft spot in my heart, but I think there's something about like the Midwest, especially the rural Midwest, that I think will always hold a special place for me because it is, I think, deep down home for me. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I actually sometimes get choked up, and this is going to be real nerdy, but you know the song um, On the Road Again by Bob Seger, where it's like on a long and lonesome highway east of Omaha? Yeah, I do know that one. I was bored on, on a long the road lonesome- again. Yeah, and it's like the way he describes like the barrenness of Western Iowa to an outsider who isn't like really familiar with it. I think is always invoked and emotionally. (laughs) Yes, the saxophone. But I think like, but I feel like that's always described home to me as like that long and lonesome highway east of Omaha. That's funny. Wow, Mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. I like a good western. Oh, a good spaghetti western. Oh yeah. Clint Eastwood. I'm actually Clint a fan. Eastwood. Oh, I love Clint Eastwood. I'm a big fan of like the Lone Ranger and Gene Autry because I think it was I like I don't the know stuff my dad one. stand. I should check that out. That's like the 50s and the 40s. Yeah. I think that that's a little collectors. too far. That's a little too far for me mm-hmm. where it's just a little. A little too goody two shoes for yeah, me too. Yeah. That's but what it's it is. Like, what a good way to put it. I, but I also think like for me as it was something my dad and I watched together. Like he is something he he collects Western 
um, memorabilia. So I, I think it. it was something like he and I bonded over. But I'm like, other than that, I'm like, Clint Eastwood or bust. Yeah, that's how I am. Yeah. Dude still does amazing work. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how old and crazy he's become, but still produces ch- amazing content. I loved Clint Eastwood, but I had to be like, boo, what you doing? When he With was like chair. talking to the chair. Yes. The Obama chair. Yes. But, hey, I, no. but I still use that gif of him from Gran Torino where he's standing there with his coffee on his deck and he's like, oh my God, fuck this. And he like walks <laughs> back in his house. I use that gif all the time. Like, I no, I'm done. How long have we been going here, young Anthony? To, com- combined podcast. Hour 10. Hour 10? Yeah. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. You've got so much to talk about. You could do so many. You got so many irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. I've been, had a really interesting life, like being this kid who went from being working class in the middle of nowhere, Western Iowa, and then college being. You like, 311 fan? Oh, big 311 fan. Bright eyes. All How that old are stuff. you? I'm 30. 30. Mm hmm. Bright eyes, 311. Basically anything played on 89.7 The River. That makes me sound old, but 98.5 in Omaha. I really hope some people in Omaha are listening to this, so at least one or two people get these references. No, if you're from Omaha, I'm from Woodbine for <laughs> reference. So, um, But no, my first concert was The Killers before they got big, like before they were even a thing. Really? Yeah. So Was I, it good? Oh, my God, yes. It was like that like defining experience. So I'm like deep down kind of an emo kid, punk where are rock they from? kid. Killer, where are the killers from? Like England? I don't even know. But really? they were playing at Sokol Auditorium in South Omaha. Okay. And so oh, I've only been to Omaha really like one time. So my so I was in the marching band, which really like cements <laughs> my nerdy credentials. And oh, shit, you my are best nerd. friend lived outside of town on a farm, so she had a learner's permit and we weren't legal to drive yet. And Rebecca, I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you hear the story, but we decided like, hey, Let's go see the killers. The concert tickets are like eight dollars. They've got this oh, one. Geez. They've got this one big song, Mr. Brightside Out, and everyone thinks they're gonna be a one hit wonder. So there was like six of six of us from the marching band who piled into my friend's Toyota oh, cool. camera Camry. Camry. And right. we we drove to Omaha, listened to the concert and came back and we basically made up some like bullshit story about like some like choir thing we had to do. Nice. But it was like oh, this I like defining experience of my um uh, high school years and then i beautiful and it's I got, so cool that you have a, t- a story like that what year would that have been late 2004 wow so oh. i would have been well let me think about that first yeah 2004 2005 would have been like the end of my freshman sophomore year of high school and i just remember being like wow. and it's like like sometimes when i like just like need to like ground myself as a person i'll listen to that um, album that the killers have that has Mr. Bright set on. I don't even know. It's just the one with the blue cover. And I'm like, I'm going to jam out like I'm 14 and I'm upset. This guy from my algebra two class doesn't like me. I'm like, I'm just going to ground myself in this moment. <laughs> but then I got into bright eyes and a lot of those other like super indie records. Um, I was kind of dating a guy in high school who was super into bright eyes. <laughs> who was super emo. He wore the like, converse sneakers, the whole nine yards. He was from the town over from me. And I think that's what I think those experiences really cemented my love of like indie and punk rock and metal. So I think people that's are like, what you're into, huh? Mm-hmm. Still, that is that mainly what you listen to now? Yeah, and like the filthiest rap you can get your hands on. Like who? I love rap. Oh, that's like fine. before I came here, I was listening to like Kendrick Lamar, but like the deep cuts of Kendrick nice. Lamar, where he like went zero to one hundred on people. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I would not have guessed that about you. Mm-hmm. 
I've had a really interesting life. A really interesting life. Just keep saying, and you've mentioned a couple times cosplay. Yeah. Um, I've had some cosplay people on my uh, podcast. Cosplay is kind of like one of the biggest adventures of my life. I think it's like where my creative chops really come out. So, like, oh, yeah, you I do know, something for Comic-Con. So. Yeah, I'm in charge of their um, volunteer team for social media. Volunteer team for social media. You volunteer for Comic-Con. So I vol- I'm a, a team lead for Comic-Con, actually. Okay. And I lead everyone who covers the social media for Comic-Con. Like, they have an ad agency who's local, but, like, all the people who take time off work to make sure that people on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook know what's going on at Planet Comic-Con, I lead that team. Huh. Which actually ties back to the McDonald's story. So when they had that big launch party for party for when the McDonald's opened, the production company that did that party also did production at the Kansas City Convention Center where Planet Comic Con was and also did stuff with Northwest Missouri State where Anthony previously right. worked. So I knew the people that worked there. And one day, one of them texted me and was like, hey, they need someone to help out with social media. You were the first person we thought oh, of. Oh, cool. Look at so that. first of all, don't be an asshole to your production people or your servers or anybody who's helping you with anything because you don't know where that's going to take anybody, you down the road. Just don't, just, be don't be, just don't be an asshole. Just don't but be like, an asshole. Especially like... Like, don't be an asshole to the people providing services for you, no matter what it is. That's a big principle of mine. But they were like, you need to sit down with the Planet Comic Con people and, like, pitch your credentials with McDonald's. And when I worked at Benedictine College. Is it Comic Con as a whole or is it just KC Comic Con? Just um, not Kansas City Comic Con. Planet Comic Con Kansas City. Planet Comic Con Kansas Mm -hmm. City. Okay. So I. I don't know. I've never been to Comic Con. Okay. I want to go. I really want to go. You need to apply as media and just like come and talk to people. What do you mean? Well, I went I think to GameCon. Do you know what GameCon is? Yeah. KC no, GameCon? Yeah. And didn't you go and like hang out with like the esports people a few weeks ago or something when they were here in town at the sport, the no, esports sh- expo? No, I didn't know that was going on. I went to, they have a, they have a convention every year mm-hmm. uh, that I went to last year and was like their quote unquote official podcaster of the event and set up a. Okay. I set up my whole, <clears throat> basically my whole studio there mm-hmm. and interviewed just random people for the weekend. It was really fucking cool. See, that's the thing about the nerd community that people don't realize <clears throat> is it's very tight knit. Like you get in a room, it's like, okay, you speak Elvish and you're a Star Star Wars person. It was, you're super into Overwatch. Okay, cool. We're all a little bit weird. Let's all be a little bit weird fascinating. together. It was it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Like the, it, I love it. Like there is nothing to me that is, like there are a few experiences in Kansas City or in my life that are as special to me as Planet Comic Con, closely followed by cosplay. Um, I've been cosplaying since I was about 16, 17. My mom was a big Trekkie. I made Star Trek cons- costumes. I designed my own apparel. I was a 4 Okay, so what kind of cosplay do you typically do? I mostly do? do anime and Star really? Wars cosplay, yes. because I, the, the anime thing. That, see, I had a group that were called the Shiny Dreamers. Mm-hmm. And they're they do all anime stuff. And they do dancing, and they do like uh, they'll dance like a whole choreographed song. That's like a uh, uh, anime song, mm-hmm. and they're just dancing to it. And it's just it's, 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 it, yeah, it, it's a genre. It, it's a subgenre. It really of fascinates me that there's these <clears throat> midwestern white girls who are involved and deeply entrenched in this asian culture oh, of I... japan anime uh, animation cosplay it's just really See, fascinating to I me i love that because i think a lot of those girls speaking as someone who was that nerdy girl who never fit in with anyone was they don't find they find community and they find friendship and they find like meaning 
in this anime and they find it in the comic-con or the cosplay communities and so it's like no i totally get where they're coming from because i was them at 17 and it's like they either they they're interested in japanese culture they're interested in costume making or they're just interested in the like nerd world in general Mm -hmm. i'm happier for them i totally understand that like no i I, I, i'm happy i think it's cool (laughs) as hell i love it it just really fascinated me that just like what are these middle of the map white chicks fascinated with this crazy asian culture like how did that in, how did how did they get connected the internet the straight up right? the internet but like what Instagram, was it Tumblr? that drew them to that it's just it's just it's just fascinating so to me so i think something that has always drawn me to manga and anime has been the the art of it like i feel like american or western culture is very homogenous when it comes to fashion and when it comes to fashion design but i feel like when you start bringing in these otherworldly or fictional or eastern world cultural like fashion norms and fashion designs i feel like that's where your creativity begins because that's where you're growing like you're growing your brain like you know what everyone is going to be wearing x y and z but you know can you make a kimono from scratch can you make something else that you saw in an anime from scratch can you take this foam that your dad got from a foam place like i feel like for them it's activating something different from them from what they see for the norm okay like i actually like, do you realize that most cosplay uh, props are made from foam? Like, foam core from, like, actual manufacturing companies that, like, just give away their scraps to cosplayers in Kansas City? Really? Mm-hmm. Fun fact. It, they they look like they work really hard. Like, they are oh dedicated. Gosh. Like, the hours they put in the the artistry and the commitment it takes to build A some good of these amazing gonna... outfits. It's A... really it's really talented. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to watch. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't judging or saying it was weird. No, 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 I, think no I don't think it so. It was just completely. Like... It's just fascinating that they they stumbled upon this and then they're taking it to this whole level, and it is really cool. I still follow. I just Instagram uh, DM'd them a couple days ago saying, "Hey, I, I like I I uh I nominated them for like the best dance group in Kansas City, like the Shiny Dreamers. Yes. Like, I was like, yeah, it's just cool to see them doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like the way they stumble upon it is the internet or other nerd or geek culture, the anime, manga, which is. Ooh, cool. I see why you were just coughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you get down to the bottom of this tequila and wine, I was like, whoo, it's a little dry. Woo! But I kind of see how they're drawn to it, and I also realize, I think for me cosplay was a way of creativity that was different from social media because it's so offline like you have to take a blow dryer in your bathroom and basically mold and melt the foam core to basically make a weapon if you want to be someone from like final fantasy Ooh. Mm-hmm. Seven. Eleven is my favorite um so it's like this different level of creativity that you can get and i think it's also a sense of community too and I think that's what's always driving me under, to vote. I, I found that out real quick. Oh, yeah. It's like it's tight net. Like yeah. we, we are like a giant gang at Planet Comic Con. Like the Minion Squad. I've got to check out. I've got to check You've out Comic Con. I really do. It is my favorite weekend of the year. I feel like birthday. I would get anxious because I would be. I no, wouldn't no, no, know. No. I wouldn't know what to do or where to go. Or I just I don't know. It just seems. It, you know, if you think know. of it as a whole, it's overwhelming. But if you think of it in terms of your interest and maybe what you'd want to see or if you came as media or something, it would be so much less overwhelming. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. When I will is see it? you there, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but I will see you sometime in early 2020. I gotta wait a year. Eh, we're halfway no, 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 through no. the we're year. We're like halfway through the year, so it's less than a year. Okay. Because we just had it in March. Will you uh, give me some kind of like email that says, 
here's kind of a beginner's guide on what to do and how to do like mm-hmm. as a like this you know i really should do a blog post about that like this is your first con what should you expect because even if you're like the nerdiest of nerds like myself you don't know what to expect the moment you walk in the room with like 10,000 other nerds and 10 th- like these other vendors and like it's like your nerdiness on steroids and so it's like you need to know what to expect and you need to like even little logistical things like food and making sure you have water and making sure you're at your panels at t- in time if you want to go to something huh mm-hmm. there's so many like little social things you need to know are there a mm-hmm. lot of lines? Like, am I going to be waiting in line for a lot no, of stuff? Honestly, the only time you're going to wait in line for a considerable period is if you want to get an autograph from a celebrity. Who's a good celebrity in Kansas City that comes? Typically, like, what, um, are, what, Jason, are, what are, Hey, hey, hey. In 2018, Jason Momoa was here, and I had that photo as my background Jason photo. Jason Momoa. That's mm-hmm. uh, Aquaman? Aquaman. Eh. Who else? Um, A lot of people, like, I had... I'm trying to think of her name. Why am I blanking on this? The girl who played Jenny Weasley. I have an autograph from her. Jenny Weasley. I don't know that. Harry Potter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who is she? Like, she's like the sister of one of the Weasley twins in Harry Potter. We, okay. I don't know You're Harry like, Potter. Sorry. Hopefully. The, who ho- else? Uh, I'm, fa- I'm failing here. This is a, a failure on me like because I don't know who's. How about William Shatner? He was there. Oh really? my gosh, yes. And I got to meet the Fonz this year. Oh, that guy's great. Oh uh, my gosh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler is that a delight. Is I, and I felt you, like if my self-esteem was like points, I raised it by 20 points because he talked about like, you know, his experiences where his family didn't believe in him and he went on to do these great things. And he's just a delight. Like you ever meet those people who you just feel happier after you've like talked to them or listened to them? Right now. I feel like Henry Winkler is one of those people she missed for me. That. She missed it. I know. Thank you. You complimented me. I caught it. But I was like, the Fonz is one of mine. And I hear I have not ever heard anybody say not only anything bad, but everybody always speaks such positive, high, like high regards for that guy. You know, I never understood why. Because like you think of the Fonz of playing this big cad on Happy Days back in the day. But it's just like the way Henry Winkler. I think of uh, Waterboy when I think of Henry Winkler. Iconic. Because yes. I, I I didn't like uh, the Fonz. The, what, what was that oh, show? Happy, Happy Days. Happy Days. Mm-hmm. I, that was before my time. And when it would be on, I mm-hmm. was like, this is stupid. What These people are in a diner. I'm not right. watching this shit. This is stupid. It was something I watched with my grandma, actually. Yeah, the one who passed away a few years ago. It was like that, Dallas, and the Golden Girls was what I watched with my grandma. But yeah, What did I watch with my grandma? Price is Right and Jeopardy. <laughs> my mom is Jeopardy. Yeah. My mom is really into Jeopardy, like way Jeopardy, too. Jeopardy and Star Trek were my I mom's feel like, things. I feel like Jeopardy is a show for people that aren't super smart, but they know a few things. And then when they get answers right on Jeopardy, it makes them feel really smart. And so that's mm. why they watch it. I've known a few people on Jeopardy. How do you think? What do you think of that theory? I think it's people who... Does it hold water? They're very... They're very smart, and it gives them the ability to hold a lot of random facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew somebody that was on Jeopardy, actually. See, my jam is Wheel of Fortune <clears throat> because I'm, like, a marketer at heart, so, like, words and writing like is my fortune. jam. So, like, Wheel of Fortune, I'm like, my goal is to get it before anybody else. It's everybody's goal. <laughs> I hate to bring really, it to you. Really, but I'm just kind of, I was always that person, like, as a kid, I would, like, stand in front of the TV. I'm like, I know this word. It's limousine. <laughs> Oh, there's some good game shows. Game shows are the best. Is that an American thing? Invented thing? No, I don't know. You no, know, Ch- Japanese? But have you ever watched Snoop Dogg hosting The Price is Right? 
No, Snoop Dogg hosted The Price is Right. I believe. With Drew Carey or was he on his I own? don't know, but Snoop Dogg hosted a game show a few years ago and I just would get drunk with my friend and watch it. I don't even know what, for example, I don't even know what game show I was watching. Basically anything Snoop Dogg does, I'm in for it's it. It's gold. It's gold. Snoop is, yeah. Snoop Snoop's Doggy Dog. And Dr. Dre is at the door. Yeah, can I, yeah, I'm older than you. <laughs> and I remember, do you? See, that would have been before your time when Snoop Dogg first hit the scene in oh. pop culture. I remember exactly where I was when Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre hit the door. You want to know how, how young I am, so to speak? My sister is 10 years older than me. I remember my sister Brenda. Oh, so Brenda, she's my age. Yeah, so my sister Brenda's like 38. And I remember her babysitting me and she had me in her uh, arms and I was like like three or something. She goes, And we would sing Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the <laughs> door. And like my sister used to listen to like Dr. Dre on cassette when my parents weren't around. So, wow, you know yeah. what a cassette is. Yeah, I do. I have several cassettes. My first album I ever had was Spice Girls, Spice World on cassette. Wow. Because I... <laughs> I was poor and I didn't have a CD player yet. Yeah, I was poor too. I had cassette players for a long time. I had a long time. And I finally got, I feel like I got a CD player at a garage sale. Ooh, good place to get one. Yep. I feel like growing up without a ton of money or as some people like to call it poor was like probably one of the most defining things for me because I was like, I am really scrappy when it comes to a good deal. I'm like, I know like how to calculate price. I'm like, I will buy anything on clearance. I'm always like Googling coupons and the checkout line. Like I'm that person. So part of your Instagram and your TeresaMalley.com has some stuff about budget food and stuff like that. Like kind of wellness on a budget, right? Yeah. So for me, like I will say I've done really well for myself in advertising. I have a great job. I love the company I work for and I can basically afford Whole Foods, whatever I want. But for me, do you have a Whole Foods where you're at? I live like a half mile from the Whole Foods. I don't even know where Whole Foods is for me. Yeah, but I think for me, it's like I'm an Aldi's knowing, guy. You know, I didn't. I grew up poor, and like as I mentioned before, my right. dad picked up extra shifts at a packing house, like right. bone breaking work, and my mom did odd jobs. She worked for a Dollar General. Wow. She was a librarian. She cleaned the church, and so we never had a ton of money, especially compared to my classmates. So my mom knew how to get scrappy. My mom, I remember waiting, she would wait every year to get this certain coupon for an Estee Lauder makeup set in the Omaha World Herald. And she'd get that coupon and she would make that makeup last all year long. So she had that (laughs) fancy bougie makeup. So she felt good about herself. And I think that love, not only of a good deal in makeup really carried over for me, but I think for me, it would feel disingenuous, even though like I found a lot of success professionally would be to say like, oh, you should just like go to Whole Foods and buy this twenty seven ninety nine thing of a one ounce mm-hmm. thing that could fit in your hand. I'm like, I want to reach people who are on a Dollar General, a Walmart budget. And also for the fact of a lot of places like the town I grew up in, the easiest place to get organic or gluten free food is going to be driving to the Walmart 35 minutes away. And a lot of my followers come from Western Iowa. They're people I'm tangentially connected to back home in Western Iowa. So I'm like, I don't want to create content that isn't something you can connect to or isn't something you can find value from. So I think that's where I want to find a balance between like finding these healthy solutions and finding innovative healthy solutions and also being like, you need to be able to buy this at Walmart because that's what you have available to you in the community or the area you live in. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, yeah, so you're not like trying, like you said, you're you're focused more on your followers and not your following. Yeah. So you're not concerned about like Kansas City and the Kansas City followers. You're like, you know, hey, these are the people that, yeah, Kansas City, Kansas City ends can obviously 
get mm-hmm. stuff from you because we have access right. to that. But it's more broad. It is for like the more rural. You know, like, hey, I, rural I people, think, you can do this. I you can th- do this. Wow, I want to think bigger cool. than Kansas City. Like yeah. one of my, of course, you should. Right, a follower I've made really good friends at lives in northern Alaska. For example, Who is she want to sweep stakes. <clears throat> She wanted sweepstakes. I don't think she she's very private. So. Oh, I was going to shout yeah, her out. Yeah, I know. Shout out to you, lady. Um, She won my... So I did a um, giveaway. I also helped promote Diane Sanfilippo's new book, Keto Quick Start. And she's a New York, Ti- New York Times bestselling author of all of these different paleo and keto, keto books. And she won this giveaway. So I follow her. I've gotten to know her and... I want to make sure it's something she can access from where she's at, where people have to bring things in by bush plane. I want to make sure my friends from high school who follow me just to be like my hype man, like, yeah, person from Woodbine who's doing something. I want to make sure you can go to the Walmart in Denison or Harlan. I want to make sure you can get what I'm talking about, too. Right. So I talk about things in either basic principles or like I know you can get this anywhere. You can go to Whole Foods and spend a little extra money on it. You can go to Walmart. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're paring things down to like a meat and a plant, you're going to be a lot better off wellness wise. But I want to show that in a way that is accessible. Like, and I, the hard part about Instagram is you have to be accessible, but also slightly aspirational as well. And sometimes I feel like I've almost erred on the side of caution of, I want to be more tactical and more accessible to people because I feel like that's what has more long-term value. Even mm-hmm. though I know brand-wise, it'd be better for me to sink a ton of money into like wearing a ton of clothes and spending a bunch of money on expensive really? food. Like, I feel like- That gets you more kind of whatever the aspirational aspect but i'm like at the end of the day when i somehow someday end up at the pearly gates i'm like i had an instagram that made an like made an impact on someone and i gave them options for good food or i gave them options for wellness like not everyone's going to be able to spend money on orange theory or going to a crossfit gym but if you're in a living room or you can go on a jog on a country road let's talk about what a hit workout looks like on a country road or if you're doing it before your kids wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. and that's what's really important to me is making it accessible to anyone yeah i was uh like i I mentioned earlier i'm a runner Mm -hmm. um it's only because it's free (laughs) right i don't have to i don't have to join a gym it's yeah, so I, mm-hmm. I run and then I have like some uh, dumbbells mm-hmm. and I do just like cardio type stuff and like push-ups, pull-ups, like all that stuff. It's all free. Body weight is free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it really is an amazing workout. Anything you can do with your body is all you need for functional strength mm-hmm. and health. The only thing I think I would ever recommend is having headphones so you can listen to music because I feel like... That's and even cheating. Study show, That's supposed to be cheating. That's supposed to be cheating, but it shows that you are more effective. And I just enjoy it. Like whether it's I'm listening to a podcast during a morning workout or a music because I'm angry how my day at work went. I'm like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I've, uh, I hate running. I hate it, but I've... Yeah, I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, I think I've had just some like depression and anxiety issues. Hmm. That have flared up fairly recently, and I don't like taking medicine. And so, like, a, the most natural way that I've been doing it has been taking vitamin D and just exercising and mm-hmm. running. Like, I'll just, if I'm having, like, a super depressed few days or super anxiety-ridden, I'll just yell at myself, basically, and make myself go down to this area where I run, and I'll go run five, six, seven miles or something like that, and then just... It really helps out. It's amazing. Yeah. It really does help me too as someone who just uh, struggles with like anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. Like if I can either work out or make sure I'm having healthy food, I feel like I'm a little bit more 
better equipped Mm -hmm. to deal with my own mental health. And if nothing else, like if you run at night, you're going to be sleepy and you're going to fall asleep and you're going to be able to sleep through the night. But to quote Legally Blonde, um, endorphins make you happy. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. They just don't. I don't don't know it, but I like it. I know. Legally Blonde is like my personal Bible. I am really sorry. I'm not going to shoot you endorphins or not. (laughs) My husband is sitting here as our producer. If we haven't mentioned that yet. (laughs) He's just sitting here and like, please don't kill me. (laughs) Do you have a gun? Um, Well, technically, no. I do have some guns that are technically mine and my parents, but I don't have one in my home. (laughs) Well, there you go. You got nothing to worry about. Anthony. Yeah, you You'll have nothing right. to worry about until I get Just like my Connecticut slow, Valley long, black. Slow poison. No, no, no. It's like me with my like Connecticut Valley arms, like black powder <laughs> rifle, because my dad likes to make everything, including hunting, hard. Like, seventeen seventy six. Like, I just got a black powder rifle this weekend. Really? Yeah, that's funny. It's hard. I remember the first time I shot one, uh, shot a black powder rifle. I think I was fourteen, and. We were standing out on a bridge, as we do in western Iowa. My dad put a 40-ounce old Milwaukee beer bottle about half a mile out. My And I have actually really good hand-eye coordination. My dad's like, he's had a few, and I had driven. He was like, hey, you need to hit that bottle out there, which is like the most like redneck thing ever. And I like just kept like blowing up the cans and bottles he put out there. And it was like, but I remember that first with shot. With the black powder? With the black powder. Oh, wow. But the first thing I remember, I was like, this seems oddly hard because you have to like have the pad. You have to like shove it down. It's and old school the musket where, the, like, style. It's old Civil school war musket. style. It's Civil yeah. War, like 1776. Yeah. I wanted a powdered wig. My dad slapped me in the <laughs> back of the head and be like, where's my powdered wig? Right. But I remember like the way that thing kicked was definitely different than any kind of like like automatic rifle I'd had. Right. Wow. Look mm-hmm. at you. I've done a lot. You've done a lot. I know and everything. you're going to continue to do more, aren't you? I know everything from the influ- Kansas City influencer world to black powder rifles. What do you like? You like all of it? Yeah, I like all of it. I think it's all part of me because I think it would be boring if I just had a very standard trajectory. What do you see for your uh, kind of, I don't know, four or five year plan as far as being an influencer you know, and being in Kansas City, being involved with Comic-Con and Kansas City Fashion Week and all that shit? Like, it's a Where lot. do you kind of see... Deep down, I want to write a book because I feel like I could write something probably almost as hilarious as Chelsea Handler if I actually like sat down and wrote something and wasn't afraid of judgment at all and just wrote it and pitched it to a book publisher. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm this white trash kid who now is like, oh my God, Whole Foods and oh my God, Influencer. And I feel like that's an interesting trajectory that it gives me an interesting perspective on where I've been and where I'm going and where I'm at right now. Okay. So I think my dream is to be able to write a book and just be on more podcasts and I don't know, just tell my story a little bit more. You hear that everybody just any podcasters. If you're out, if you need a guest, here it is. I can, I probably can set you up with a couple more podcast people. If you haven't picked up on it, I'm easily bribed with red wine and a bunch of chicken nuggets from McDonald's. I didn't provide the chicken nuggets. There was none. Just the wine and the tequila. (laughs) I mean, if that's all it takes, guys, sign her up. This is her second podcast, and she's a professional, an influencer, and she's gonna make me uh, nominated for the best. uh, Something oh, we're going to make this happen. Other. We're going to make it happen. That's right. I just need more influencers. Mm-hmm. Kansas City influencers. Mm-hmm. So five years, do you want to be, what do you think, 20,000 followers, 30,000 followers? Pro- probably more than that. If you're at five now, if you're thinking five years, you should probably have, what do you think? 
40, 50? <sighs> if you think 5,000 a year or four or five from now, it'd be 20, 30. But I don't think But it like, should grow up. Like it should blow up after 10, I would think. You know, one would hope, but I think what I'm focusing on more, as I said before, is like providing followers, good content. Right. Like, but It'll I also think like Instagram is just such a short term forum and no one reads blogs really anymore. It's like I just I was going to ask people, you about right, that. Like I don't really blog. I just put it in my Instagram caption. But it's like I want to get out and tell my story. Like as how I often do you blog? Is it every couple like, weeks? Once a month. Honestly, nobody really reads it. But it, because the problem can you see is the numbers on it. I can't because here's the thing. Nobody reads Instagram it. You... discourages it because they don't want you to leave their platform. So it's like I'm better off writing a very truncated um, form of what I'm saying in my Instagram, Instagram caption. Discourages it. What does that mean? So you can't just be like, hey, check out the link to my blog by tapping a post. You have to see the post that says link in my bio bio. and you have to go to their bio and click on it. And it's like the more. Yes. The more more you extend that customer journey, it's the harder it is. Very much so. And so I think long term, I think I want to start pivoting into video and more podcasts more and just I think I'm best in long form. You know, I think I'm more interested right now in being on other people's podcasts. I want to see like what other people want to pick my brain about. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How have I done as far as picking your brain? This has been a wild experience and this is the most fun I can have on a Thursday night in June. I'm, I'm going to take that as the best compliment ever on a Thursday night in June. It's yeah, very specific. I, but I'm, I'm excited I'm, I'm for you to hear, us, hear our episode together. Me too. Mm-hmm. Are you drunk? I'm a little bit buzzed, but I'm not buzz. drunk. Yeah. You want a little bit more there? A little yeah, more sure. Tequila? Hit me with some. Yeah, hit me with some. Let's get this more. Should we take a quick break to make this real quick? Yeah. Yeah, hit stop. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are, we are best friends now. We are besties. We have necklaces and everything. Ooh, we should get tattoos. Oh, man, yes. So I actually don't have any tattoos. And it's not because I'm judgmental about don't tattoos. Do because I've, I've, found, I've never found anything I'm committed enough to to get it tattooed on my body. I have a few ideas. Woo! Straight to the moon, Alice. That is a stiff drink. Wine and tequila. Emphasis on the tequila. Oh, I just got a few Woo! hairs growing on my chest from that. I don't. It's know. It's like a hair of the dog, but worse. Oh my! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just ruined our opening, but I just took a sip of this wine tequila, and that just hit me. Yeah, mine's fine. Mine is way too strong. Try take a sip. But of I feel wine. like try my sinus has just cleared. Okay, I'm gonna try a sip of this. God help on me. On that side, I didn't drink, so I don't have cooties. Holy shit, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, ethanol. Yeah, 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 right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> just look, I just want the audience to know I'm not a, you know, I, I can handle it. You could put that in your car and be like 89, <laughs> 87, 89, 91. Oh, I wish we could talk about the things we were just talking about off mic. <laughs> 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 but yeah. we won't. We won't. We won't. That's for the uh, That's for the Patreon people. They get to see that. Pay that money. Pay that money, that premium Snapchat. I will take my shirt off and show you my nipples. <laughs> so we were just saying it is getting late. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, I'd love to have you on again. Yeah, for sure. Would that be cool? Yeah, you guys, whenever uh, There's you want. so much more I want to talk about. Like we barely scratched the surface. I've read your uh, TeresaMalley.com. T-E-R-E-S-A-M-A-L-Y.com. And you've got blogs on there that are extremely impressive that you can write i mean that's what you do you're a writer Mm -hmm. yeah but it's really impressive how well it's written and how long they are um but there's some really good stuff on there that i think we could delve dive into more like 
there was something that was like when you were in college, you gained a lot of weight and then lost like 60 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing all this. Let's get you back on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, let's end this now. How can people find you? What I'm going to give you as much time as you want okay. right here to kind of just do what you want. Say what you want. This is this is your space. Get up on that mic. So get up in that bed. I'm yeah. eponymous. I'm pretty easy to find on social Wait, media. Wait, what was that? Eponymous. It means that you identify by your first name and last name in some capacity. Eponymous. Eponymous. I just learned a new word. Yes. So you can find me at, at Teresa Malley, T-E-R-E-S-A-M-A-L-Y at on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm more active on Instagram than I am Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook, both personally and on my photography page, which is Teresa Malley Creative. Um, yep, I'm a photographer based here in Kansas City. You can find me on my website as well at, at um, www.teresamalley.com. But I think the easiest way for you to find me if you actually want to chat or just see what, what I'm working on and what content I'm creating is just to Google at Teresa Malley or find me on Instagram or Twitter. Teresa Malley, just Google it, bitches. Just you Google. know what to do. Okay, I need to make that my Twitter hashtag. Just Google me, bitches. <laughs> yes. Teresa, thank you so much. Yeah, this no was problem. a blast. Can you, Anthony, put it on the widescreen camera real quick? I want to get a fist bump. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. This is Neander Talk Podcast. Boom, Sherlock, boom. We're out.